You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Pacers fans, happy Monday, last episode of July of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we talk about the Indiana Pacers, of course, as always. I am one of the hosts of the show, Tony East, writing about the team for Forbes. On the other line, my lovely co-host, Adam Friedman. Adam, it's officially the end of free agency. How does it feel to be through the season of free agency? It feels pretty good. Did you see your uh, the player you've been dying for, the Pitchton Signs letter about not being signed yet, basically? Jeremy Lin. What's up? What? Did you see the Jeremy <laughs> Lin thing? Oh, yeah. That was sad, man. Yeah. I feel bad for him. Well, that was yeah, the player who always would still available, so the team must be... He must be a good player, right? That was always, that was like your floor. If that guy was if Lane was still available, there were still good players available. That was Lane is still a good player. <laughs> uh, well, I say free agency is over because we've talked about a signing every Monday this whole month when we've been talking together. And unless you want to go long on Jakar Sampson, which we do not have <laughs> anything scheduled for Jakar Sampson this episode, uh, we got nothing. So um, I am good, really. I am <laughs> twenty points per game score last year, Adam. Okay, great, great. <laughs> He actually is probably the best of the training camp, guys. So as of right now, he has a chance to get the 15th spot. But uh, I talked about him last week, so we're probably good. Today's show, instead, we're going to talk about some fun stuff. Uh, Vegas puts out their over-unders today. So we will talk about where we see the Pacers landing in comparison to theirs, which, of course, it's Vegas, and they're amazing. It's good and challenging. Uh, And then we want to do a segment on the best offensive lineup the team might have this year with and without Oladipo, and the best defensive lineup, which could be fun. And the defensive one's going to be really hard, so I'm looking forward to that. But we'll start with Vegas. The lovely Jeff Sherman, the VP of Risk Management for uh, the Superbook USA, which has to be the scariest job on the planet. Uh, NBA regular season wins. Indiana Pacers, Adam, 46 and a half. How are you feeling? Sounds about right. That's what I said. They're really good at this. <laughs> I think I think forty eight is the number. I think they went forty eight again. I mean, that's we got we got we got it exactly right last year. You remember that? We did. You're we right. Were, well, they were on page fifty five about the injuries, so we were wrong. Yeah. the way they got there, but we were right. You are correct. Yeah, we 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 got it right for the wrong reason. What was the other one? Was it forty seven and a half? Last year they they were either forty seven and a half or forty eight and a half. I think it was forty seven and a half because they ended up being the under. I remember seeing some articles. Oh yeah, we, I wrote about that before the last game because those free throws by Sumner were like a huge betting deal. Yeah, that that Sumner shot that won the game. In, yeah, like so. It's funny because I actually I'm pretty firmly in the under camp, Adam. Isn't that weird? Is that because of Oladipo's injury? Yeah, we just don't know, and I I don't know I. I, maybe I'm being pessimistic about his return, but I mean, they have a lot of new guys and they have to integrate. They'll basically be integrating a lineup and then doing it again when a player returns. And like, I know they're talented and better than last year, but if you play 500 ball for 30 games, like to get to 46, I mean, I got to do the math, but out of 52 games, you got to win 31. That's like 60%. That is hard. They didn't even win 60% last year. All right, so here's here's your your case for them going under. The East, while it's still not fantastic, pretty much every team, let's say outside Toronto and Charlotte, probably better than last year, right? Yeah. Yep. You know, Knicks are still terrible, if not actually slightly better because they have some competent players. Cavs are still 19 wins, terrible. That's fine. Bulls are better, obviously. Hawks are going to be better because they're young. The jungle's going to develop. Wizards should be better. <laughs> Theoretically, because the Walls are going to play all year, and they, they know that the Heat are better with Butler, Hornets, obviously not. Pistons, 
if not the same better magic better could continuity nets for sure better celtics probably the same if not a little slightly better of chemistry maybe sixers better raptors maybe a slight drop and not like something crazy and bucks same if not better yeah so the raptors are tied for the pacers at 46 and a half in the sports book yeah i mean uh, that, they're gonna be the largest drop right definitely, definitely. they have they have a wide range given if they trade and stuff so i guess washington could win like 12 games if they trade. <laughs> yeah the hornet the hornets could be horrible like yeah the hornets are gonna probably win like 20 games <laughs> so they're tied for fourth in the East, which is cool. Um, Celtics ahead, according. I mean, this is obviously prediction, not even predictions. This is betting lines. So Celtics are at forty nine and a half. Uh, Philly is at, I believe, fifty five and a half, which seems like a lot to me. Even though I do think they're going to be quite good. Uh, and Milwaukee's at fifty eight and a half. Those are the only three teams for sure ahead of them. And then Toronto's tied at forty six and a half. Yeah. So I. That's a good point that the East is good too. So they have a little bit harder. Like the talents more widely dispersed, even league wide. Right. The West got a lot better too. So each individual game is just a tiny bit harder. Now the Pacers got better too, and I think if, if you you know even if Victor misses thirty games, if everybody else is healthy in comparison to the rest of their career, and Victor comes back just as good as he used to be, I pick the over. But I don't know that that's going to happen, and I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm I'm not. I'm going to pick under. Probably if you made me pick a just straight up number before we started this, I would have said probably forty four or forty three. So I'm pretty firmly under actually. So here's the case of the Pacers winning 48 games, right? So if you take their team year by year for basically the past 10 years, basically except for the year that PG was hurt, they're consistently a 40-plus win team. Yep. And you add in the fact that Vic is a top 20, 25 player when he's healthy, when they've had a player of that caliber, they pretty much won 48 games every year. The only year you could say they didn't was that, was, that was, those, was those two PG years where they won 45 and then 42. And arguably, if PG had actually, you know, tried as hard as he could either of those years, they would have won 48 games. Yes. So, I mean, that's the case for them. Just It's just an infrastructure thing, right? The Pacers, so they were showing the longest playoff streaks. And if you didn't have that year where PG got hurt, the Pacers would have the second longest in the NBA right now behind the, the San Antonio because they'd have a nine-year streak. I mean, I mean, the Pacers' just history has pretty much been playoffs, playoff playoffs, except for a, that four-year stretch in the late 2000s and stuff like that. So it's just the idea that they, they have an infrastructure in place that works – They've proven it over and over again, you know, with their defensive coaching and all that stuff. So, I mean, that's the case for them to win between 46 and 48 games, I guess. The other case, the other case for the over is Sabonis and Turner day one, just bam. Like, they, it works. It's good. It, teams can't really figure it out. And they, they, they've, they've got spacing. They've got good screens. The defense works well enough. Like, if all that happens – well, that happens, we might have to reevaluate their championship chance. <laughs> That's very true. If right? that I mean, happens, we're talking we're talking over fifty, and I don't want to. I mean, that might be a little too optimistic, but you know, no, that but is, and Turner are clicking all cylinders. This team is borderline conference, like champion. oh yeah, yeah, they'd be stupid good. They'd be stupid because then they're like eight deep with two awesome players plus their awesome player coming back plus a bunch of good guys they signed. They, you know, I mean, they're we're talking a team that has a ceiling that. Gets pretty close to the NBA Finals. I'm glad you said ceiling. Uh, I wanted to do floor and ceiling too because it seems like a good time for it. But yeah, I think I would lean under just that they got, you know, Warren injury risk guy, Brogdon injury risk guy, Turner always misses 10 games, Vic's obviously out for a long time. Uh, they just have a lot of guys with uh, some substantial, not substantial, but some, like they're going to get dinged up and miss, miss time in the season. And I think that that makes it hard for me to think they're just ever going to like, totality be awesome like like 
I don't know if I, I don't know. I can't explain that. Like they won't quite reach the sum of their parts because they won't ever have all the parts. And I think they'll end up at about 44 because uh, of that. Yeah, that's I mean, that's and I think the part about integrating guys in and stuff like that is going to take a little bit. Right. I mean, the thing is, though, really, besides the Bucks who lost the guy, every team in the East is sort of shuffling players around. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, every other I mean, I've ever lost the guy. They might they the Raptors might have the best continuity of any team in the East because they yeah, were no before him and, and Kawhi only played 60 games, so they've had a plenty of opportunities to shine without him. They know what to do, kind of thing. Yeah, and they and they still have Siakam, who now who has every chance in the world to be amazing next year. But like Boston is replacing their top two players from last year. You know, Horford. You know, the Sixers right. are replacing their best player from last year. I guess you make Embiid the better player, but they're one or two best players with a player who. We don't know how it's going to fit with NB and stuff like that. I mean, every team is sort of on Nets are, in, are bringing in a whole new, basically, roster with Kyrie leading it. So, yeah, Nets below the Pacers on this list. That didn't surprise me because I probably would pick that, but still interesting. Yeah, I, I do wonder too if this will be the second year in a row the league starts earlier too. So, will that? Is, oh, yeah. We saw some at the beginning of last yeah, year. It, no, it starts later. It's, it's October 22nd this year. Oh, well, that's it was the 18th last year, so I don't think it's that much later. Yeah, so that's true. It, it's <laughs> no, but you saw that last year, I think you could see the teams that had been together for a little while. Like, the Pacers started off really well because they had all their they had kind of continuity going, but the teams that had kind of were trying to bring in new players had struggled, if I remember, from the start. I'm trying to think of the yep. team that particularly struggled last year a lot at the start of the year. Yeah. The, the Rockets did, right? Because they basically overhauled their roster again. Yep. Yep, yep. All right, so we you said ceiling, and I'm going to do floor and ceiling. Okay. Um, so the floor is Sabonis and Turner does not click at all. So one of them has to go to the bench, and they have no power forward at all. And Vic doesn't play for, what, 45 games, and Brogdon's foot has some nagging problems. I know this is a lot of stuff, but, like, this could have, none of this stuff is, like, un, completely unreasonable. Um, and Holiday's not ready, so they just have no useful guards besides Jeremy Lamb, and they don't have a four. Um, and they win like 35, maybe. I think that's too low. I would say they're probably a, I, I had a guess a floor of 40. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm, you can, if you say worst case, they're going to like the entire team's going to get hurt. Yeah. They're not going to be a 40 team, but I'm, I'm taking what you said with what I reasonably think could happen in like a normal range of things. I don't think, yeah. anything, I don't think any one thing I just said was so ridiculous. No, I, think it, I think all of them happening in a row is ridiculous. Yeah, I think all of them happening is ridiculous. But I think That's what floor is, is, I think what floor is, is every single bad thing, like every no. single, because every single bad thing is, is so Turner's, or let's say Old Leva comes back, Turner and Old Leva cross legs, each other both tear their sales. That's like, Everything's out. That's, like, and that's, that's, worth it. that's like outside of the realm of like the range, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I think everything you just named happening all in one season is outside the range. Too. Okay, fair. Yeah, fair. That's, a, that's a good point. You got you got a good point there. Fair enough. Like fair I, think, enough. I think I think Smoke Turner might kind of work and not completely work, but will work. Okay, no, that's that's the floor of a bunch of things, but their actual floor might be closer to like. 40. Yeah, I mean, it's like we did last year, where like we had said, "Oh, they've got hurt." Yeah, they're probably a thirty-win team, but like we couldn't. <laughs> we couldn't put that into the over-unders because you have to be kind of like no, you I didn't, I didn't, I didn't put any of that in there like Brogdon always misses games and all those guys always miss games and Sabonis and Turner might not work like I don't think any of that's crazy yeah I, I think I, I think the way is you saying Brogdon misses like 50 games with his foot injury that's what I meant no I did not say that did I no no I, I didn't work it that way I took it that way oh, oh yeah if he misses 50 games that's way outside of what I would expect yeah. from I mean I, I just think like I said the infrastructure there the east is They'll have a good time beating up on the bottom of the East the way they always do. Always do. They have good coaching that helps you win those type of games. They'll, 
you know, they'll beat the Cavs four times. Hopefully, they only been three last year, so <laughs> maybe not. Uh, Freaking um, Larry Nance, uh, Larry Nance throwing literally a halfway uh, across the board. <laughs> um, anyways, if he hit that free throw, wouldn't matter though. So I mean, that's only, true. Only blame himself for that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think to me the range is like forty to probably a ceiling of like fifty-two. Fifty-two is close to my ceiling too. I was gonna say fifty-one, so that's good. But yeah, that's Vic misses twenty-five, and Brogdon doesn't miss very many, and this Turner Sabonis works, and then everything is great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the Turner Sabonis will work at times. In times, you, you know what I mean by fail and not like. I think we have to define that range if we're talking about it because last year, like. Technically, it was a positive net rating. Now, yeah, it was not good. Like, you could watch it and see that it wasn't great, and there was some noise in the defense there. But, you know, like, not working is probably, like, net even, which from your starters won't cut it. It's just that's what the that's what bad is to me. That's fair. Um, what do you need? Is a, what do you need, like, a, probably a plus three to five range for it to be good? That's really good. That's yeah. really good. Right, that's like really good. No, I'm talking like plus one and a half, plus two. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I with the plus bonuses with and without Vic, right? If yeah, well, yeah, you know, again, if Vic comes back and it works, that's even better. It's been the first twenty games, but then it's like a plus one with Vic because Vic is just like that kind of player. That a part of the future discussion would be what if that works without Vic and doesn't work with Vic. I just don't see how that that's like not I know, I know. unless Vic is not good. Vic problem. I mean, Vic is a problem, Adam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that about being the ceiling number. So well, what they can they can trade Vic for six first round picks like the. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> what weird play? Like what? What is the like? Draymond Green won't resign with the Warriors unless yeah, they you put, trade everything make, for Vic. You make the Beal trade. Beal. <laughs> they won't trade for Beal unless they can also get Vic. Yeah. No, I, I'm just. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think honestly, it's, it's thirty-nine to fifty-one is about the range. That's what you, okay. So I'm about one above you. Yeah. Okay. Thirty. If you had a guess right now, what do you think they win? Just, I mean, I know you said forty-four. Forty-four. Okay, I think forty-seven. All right. This is good. We agreed last year, so it's this will be more fun this year. Yeah. Um. So I I have some prop bets and pacer prop bets. They're just staying off the top of my head. These aren't online. Well, Adam told me he was going to do this before the show, and I didn't let him tell me what they are. Yeah. So I have to think about these on the spot. I think there's some betting site. They don't sponsor the show, so I don't have to say it. But I've heard it on the podcast where you can like make your own prop bets, or you can tell. So if you if you take those to, to that betting site, like here on another podcast or whatever, I don't know. Uh, you might <laughs> do these, but I made them just some pacer related ones because they online. So you won't. You want me to start with like the Oladipo one or some of the more wacky ones? Uh, start with the serious ones, and we'll get more wacky as we go. Okay. So Oladipo, easiest, easy over under on, on fifty five and a half games. Uh, under definitely under. Okay, so definitely harder than I just said with definitely, but I think I would pick under because I'm thinking that if he plays December first, he'll have missed 18 games, give or take. Yep. Right. So then you're betting over oh, the next. That. That's already down to what? 64. Yeah, you need 27 to from to miss 27. Yeah. So that means nine more of the next 60, which is about where I think could happen, right? If he ends up. Yeah, no load managing probably after that and stuff like that. Yeah, but even load management, you're you're still probably playing, you're missing one every 10 games, which puts you more like at 23 to 25 range. I bet load management is don't play any back-to-backs. So Yeah, but they also got rid of a lot of I bet it's more than that. Okay. I mean, they got rid of a lot of back-to-backs. He'll probably only end up up being four or five back-to-backs that he'll end up playing. He missed 14 last year. 
14. Yeah, but it's about 14 again. I thought they got it to like down to 12. No. Okay. Maybe, <laughs> did they get rid of the three and four nights then? They got yeah, okay. that's gone. Unless you're the Pelicans and your arena has a leak in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was two years ago, wasn't that? That was – no, that was – I don't remember, no, actually. That was, that was two years ago because the Pacers ended up playing every other night in March of that. Yeah. yeah, and the Pelicans played back-to-back-to-back, which was nuts. Yeah, that's miserable. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, I'm going under 55 and a half on them. That's fair. I think I would go under two. I think I, I think that's 27. You said and a half, or if you said 49 and a half or 50, whatever, I'd go over. I think it's going to be like low 50s. Okay. See, I thought 55 was about the right where you kind of be iffy. Because, I mean, he'd be – Ends up playing December. Like I said, he'll miss. He'll miss about eighteen games, which is not that right. Bad. Um. All right. Who starts more games for the Pacers, Turner or Sabonis? Whoa, this, that's a good one. So with that saying, one will be traded. That's a two. good one. Because injuries and because position they'll need at this point. Wow, right. that's hard. All right. So hold on, real quick. I'm gonna pull. Let up. me look at how many games did Sabonis play last that's year. About, I'm about to give you. Hold on. Give me one second. Um, okay. <laughs> So Turner played 74. Sabonis played 74. Oh, jeez. Uh, Sabonis started five. Turner started 74 games. Yeah, I don't think Turner starts. I, the context last year doesn't matter. Yeah. So they both missed eight. Dang, that makes it even harder. Um, I believe you go back the year before that, too. You know, Turner missed a little more because he had a bunch of random injuries. So Sabonis has gone 81, 74, 74. That's pretty good. And Turner's gone 74, 62, 81. Yeah, Turner had that weird year where he just was hurt all the like. So here, here's the caveat. Here's why I'm going to pick Sabonis. Adam. Okay. okay. I think if I think if Turner gets hurt, Sabonis will start at the five. But I think if oh wait, never mind. If Sabonis gets hurt, Turner's going to start anyway. Turner's still going to start because he's in yeah, the dude, that ruins it. I was going to say Turner won't start at the four, but he won't move. He doesn't have to move. Never mind. Man, that's really hard. Is that's basically just who's going to get hurt more, or who he might get traded? Oh yeah, <laughs> shit. Okay, well, I think Turner might get hurt more, but I think Sabonis is more likely to get traded. So I think Turner starts more games. Okay. Um, I think I agree with you. One. That was good. I agree with you because I think Sabonis has the higher likeliness to get traded. I think they end up playing both the same amount of games. Some, I mean, barring some fluke. And if, if it doesn't work, the, Sabonis gets benched, not Turner. Yes, that's fair. And to me, Turner, with all his yoga, is going to is in better, like <laughs> – Flexibility shape not to get hurt. The know. yoga, the yoga return. I mean, is kind of built like like a tank. I mean, the only time he got hurt is when guys have fallen on him. Literally, the the answer to this question is whoever plays better in uh, the the Olympic stuff this summer. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Um, TJ Leaf games played over under two. Uh, I'm gonna raise it to thirty one and a half. Over under thirty one and a half games played for TJ Leaf. Yeah. So you're assuming he played absolutely over, way over. Okay. Like 60. I would have been hard to press them with 60. See, you don't think he gets just cut in like 10, within 20 games? No chance. Oh, I, I mean, not cut, but, you know, just drop from the rotation, I guess. Even then, he, his first year, he almost played half garbage. He played garbage time the last 60 games and played 53. Yeah, but this team is deeper. Who's ahead of him? Well, you can see Holiday, Justin Holiday up in the head of him. You could, you could see. I, uh, I, I he's way over 30. Uh, I think I think you're being a little aggressive. Much clearer 30. I think so, it's more likely he plays 80 than under 30. So here's my scenario for saying this. Let's say they don't pick up his option, which is not – I know we talked about it, and they probably will because it makes just cap sense to you, but let's say they don't. What's their incentive if he doesn't play good the first 20 games he can play him? 
There is none at that point, unless he's your best four. That's, I mean, that's why I put 30, because that's what could happen. I think that's yeah. very likely to happen, too. I, I think I think just – I want to say, like, I know cap-wise you, you pick up his option, but, like, just – Basketball-wise, you don't because he's just not, not been good enough to pick up his option. So last year of the last half of the season, he only didn't play in four games. Okay. In half the season. But if you look at guys who have been drafted in the first round that end up falling out of the league, they peak year two, and they you see that fall three. Let's two. go check out Solomon Hill's third year with Indiana, Adam. I think that will help us with this answer here. How many games do you think Solomon Hill played in year three after his option was declined? Just curious. Well, he ended up getting really good towards the end of the year, but probably somewhere he, in the seventies. The answer is fifty-nine. Okay, but also if he didn't play, he he got saved by playing. He had a make-or-break moment basically around game sixty. If he didn't do that, it was over. I mean, right? Let's check out the old game log. His last thirty-five <laughs> games, he was just incredible. That's why he had to keep playing. No, he played at the start. Oh, I picked the wrong season. I'm stupid. I was going to say what he. I don't. This does not reflect what you're telling me. Uh, I don't remember. Gap I don't remember then, that very well. Yeah, he had a huge gap of not playing, and then he. Oh ended yeah, up. You're, right, you're right. His last DNP was uh, the 52nd game, and then he played all the rest. Yeah, because for about 30 games, he killed it for that. That look. Hold on, I'm gonna just do his three point percentage from that stretch. is is It's incredible, actually. It is. Um, it's 41. Incredible. Oh, 41. Wow. That is good. For a in guy the last who, year that when they needed to win to make the playoffs, he went seven for 11. For a guy whose career three point shooting percentage in the thirties, that's incredible. Like, <laughs> well, they were down 3,300. I think there was a run there where he didn't miss a three for a while. What was that stretch? It must've been, I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Good so time. his last like thir- 15 games, he shot 43% from three in the playoffs. He had a nice stretch. He played really well in the playoffs. He did play well that playoffs. Fifty-eight percent from three in the playoffs on three attempts. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that doesn't affect the games played though. I no. don't. I'm going way over with Leaf. That one's easy. Yeah, I guess I'm not factoring that he could just play a lot of garbage time there, and you could see him. Easy. Yeah. I okay. I I I think. Easy. I don't know. He's going to be like ten and a half minutes per game or something. Me, like yeah, that. I could see if the team is actually like competing, they just pass him over for some for. Both Holiday and then McDermott plays some four, and then you see Warren playing some four, and all, you know what I mean. There's, there's, and he's gone. There's no, there's no minutes for him anymore. Yeah, that's the way he doesn't play. I mean, he's what we determined. They have eleven players that are probably worth playing, and he you'd probably end up only playing nine or ten every game. He's the eleventh. Yeah. <laughs> so if he ends up being the eleventh, then then that's his scenario for playing twenty something games. I don't, I don't see it happening. Yeah, I think you're a little. I think I, my number is definitely a little low, but I think you're a little optimistic to say seventy to eighty games. No, I, I said sixty, but I think oh. it's more likely he plays seventy to eighty than under thirty. Oh, I think it's. Well, I, I think it's more likely he plays under thirty. I don't think he's a very good basketball player. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the I, way, and it, just assuming they're not going to go to be blowing out a bunch of teams too, is my also thought, right? Oh, 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 I did not go over my mic. Sorry, I don't know what sound you guys just heard. Uh, Summer was in the G League half last year and played 23 games. Like, I don't think you are, are grasping how low 30 games is. I think there's a chance Leaf is just not playing games. Anymore. I don't think he's very good, and I still think that number is, is shockingly low. I think he's just not going to be playing games at some point. Maybe. I don't see it. I mean, if he's just atrocious, I mean, and could they cut his roster? Well, the Johnson got halfway there last year. He played 50 minutes. I'm just saying. He could be. <laughs> it's, I think it's easy over. You got any more? Yeah, I got another one. Okay. 
So Aaron Holiday minutes per game average at the end of the year over over under 16 and a half. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Same question for McConnell could be made too. Um, well, I've, I've got one last one would be really good, but this is a good one. Yeah, man. I think Aaron ends up over that okay. number. But that – are we talking like games he plays in or like – No, we're talking minutes per game. So total minutes divided by 82 over under 16 and a half. Well, no. I'm thinking he has if he plays 50 games, it's whatever minutes he plays in 50 games. Okay. So, yeah, then I think over because I don't think they would play him. I don't know, man. I don't think well, they play him. You had him about 17 to 18 per minutes per game, I think, in our rotations. I did. I so did. About where you had him. Yeah, I think he ends up over that. Okay. That I think I did over on that. I might be. Able to, I had it originally at 18 and a half, and I went a little lower because I wasn't sure. You know, I can see. I think 15 is kind of where I thought he would start, and then if he got better, they inch him up to 20. Yeah, that one's hard. Yeah. Um, okay, so I forgot to phrase this last one. Oh boy. Because well, it's hard because there are a lot of TJs on the team. So I was there are. Say, so like combined. Minutes per game gets played. Who plays more? The the TJs or the holidays, but the holidays get a handicap of like what fifteen minutes would be fair? Per game, fifteen minutes? Yeah, because we assume Warren's gonna play thirty, Leaf per game, Leaf plays ten, um McConnell plays five, that's forty five. So the holidays are probably gonna play like eighteen and let's give it a twenty. So handicap of twenty. Who plays more combined minutes per game? The holidays. Or the Leafs, or the or the TJs. Sorry, the TJs. I think. Okay. I think the TJs because I think McConnell and Leaf will be a little bit higher than ten, and Warren will be a little below thirty, so it'll be about fifty. And okay. I don't think the holidays will combine for thirty per game with their twenty handicap. Yeah, that's pretty. Maybe you need twenty five, right? Yeah, if the handicap was twenty five, I think that'd be a lot harder. Um, okay. Not to ruin your question. No, no. Is, this one I just I was, I was trying to figure out how to do it because I had no right, right, right. Twenty-five. Man, it's so hard to see what Justin's role is going to be. You know. Yeah. Because I think we did a good job of projecting that he won't play a ton outside of like situations and in certain lineups. But how many are there? What is that without Vic? Like that clouds that a lot and makes it hard. Where I feel like I know with all three of honestly, well, no, not with McConnell, but I know pretty much with Leaf and Warren what I'm expecting at the start of the year. So. Um, yeah, that's hard. If it's 25, I might take the holidays because I think Justin's going to be about 10 and I think Aaron is going to be over 16 and a half. So I think with 25, I'll take the holidays. Okay. How about this? Who plays more combined games? The holidays got a handicap of 150. 150 games? 150? Yeah. That's insane to me. 150 games. Yeah. You got, you have three TJs versus two holidays. Uh, Dude, do the head real quick. So, like, let's say Leaf and Holly. Let's yeah, say combined like nine. No, I see. You see what I mean? No, so, I like, the holidays there. I think that's that 150 is much too high. So, I right. think only well, playing every game and Warren gets hurt. Oh, easily the holidays done. So, next. But let's say this Aaron Hall plays 75, Justin plays 45. That seems do the three TJs even play 150 combined? Like, Warren's going to get hurt. Leaf, like we just said, probably won't play every game. McConnell probably won't play every game. But Warren plays 75. You put Leaf at 60. That are oh, If Warren plays 75, I'm doing a parade by myself, dude. That guy is not going to play 75 games. What if I give you a – so I'm thinking – Warren's career high games in a season is 66. So how many games do you think McConnell plays? 
40, 40, 40, 45. You put leaf at 60. I'll put holiday at 60. So that means you put the handicap. I put, I put the holidays at 120. So a handicap of 40. What is a 120 that? handicap? No, That's 40. Right. Handicap of 40 now. Just to see. I'm just, because I did just, four, just regular 40. Assuming Aaron plays 75, Justin plays 45. War, TJ Warren plays 60, TJ Leaf plays 60, and McConnell plays 40. Well, you just told me the answer. <laughs> well, no, that, that, that's even. So do you take over under on that? No, that's that's even. Yeah, then I would take uh, I would take the the TJ's taking more games there. Because I don't think Aaron's gonna play 75 games. Okay. Okay. Funkiness with the Warren McConnell stuff. That's hard. It is. Predict. All right. Very last one. All right. All right. Yeah. Who has more top 10 dunks for the year end, Turner or Victor Oladipo? Oh, Turner had the dunk last year, right? That Hayward dunk in the playoffs was the one. Yeah. So if when they do like um, three years straight, right? The dunk on Tristan Thompson. Oh, no. PG 360 was that year, wasn't it? I don't remember now. What year? What, what were we talking about? 2016. Was that the 360 year? For PG? No. PG 360 was like was 24. Holy crap. Never mind. Um, 14 or 13, he did that. I was actually, I actually was at that game. So Turner's dunk over TT was 2016's best dunk, and Hayward last year. Although Darren Collison's only dunk is a good candidate. <laughs> um, Victor has some crazy ones, though. Yes, he does. All of Victor's when he plays are, but he's not going to play as much. Yeah, but when he gets, a, he gets a lot of more breakaways than Turner. My gut tells me the dunk of the season is going to come from Jeremy Lamb, but I think the highlight special, I'll give that one to Vic. I think I'm going to give that to Vic. All right. Um, just got, I don't know. He just dunks a lot more. Yeah. I'm just thinking like Turner, Turner has some, some plays 30 less games. So Turner has some just like thunderous over two guidelines because he just has size. And then when he goes to the rim, it has to call for an offensive foul on those where Vic has more of the breakaway, like not, you know, posterizing somebody so those are steals right you know that's yeah. where the big jump for him is yeah we're turning uh, not really on a fast break dunk ever he's more like so Turner actually dunks more per game yeah that, that doesn't surprise me turns that seven didn't surprise feet me tall. different than that no seven um, feet tall. I'm, I'm, thinking Vic. I think, I think I'm taking Vic okay or, or do you want to put some bonus in there do you think Smos is a highlight dunk I mean no he had, a, he, had a, he had that one where he spun on off the left hand. Totally offensive foul them. We'll talk about that at a later time, but it was cool, so no one cared. <laughs> All right. Um, that was good. That was a long segment about betting. Yeah, I don't have any other prop bets. Okay. I don't either. Let's talk about the best offensive lineup, Adam. Okay. Dun, da, da, da. I don't know how to start this one because this is hard. Like the whole lineup, I don't know where to start, right? Yeah, well, we're gonna do healthy Vic and not healthy Vic listeners, but I don't, I don't know. Like outside of Vic, is like who are the locks in this lineup? Brogdon. You think so? 100%. Really? Yeah. I could hear, I could hear Oladipo, Lamb, Warren. I, I could hear it for offense. No. I could hear. No. I, I probably would have Brogdon him on, but I do not. I'm not gonna sharpie him on there. So I, I, I have Oladipo, Lamb, Warren. Like dry erase marker. Can I dry erase marker him in there? So, like I said, I have Oladipo Lamb Warren in my best offensive lineup. In your best offensive lineup? I do. Wow, I like this. And Sabonis? Sabonis and Brogdon. I'm about that. Turner is not in my best offensive lineup either, so I appreciate you doing this so we can force this transition. 
Yeah, Sabonis Warren is my four or five in my my best offensive lineup too. Yeah, I mean, I I think when you put Brogdon, Depot, Lamb, and Warren there, you pretty much have four guys you can seamlessly move the ball around. Sabonis is a superior screen man and off the you know can just kind of use his ability to pick guys to get guys open and it's just rolling around, I guess. Because Turner, it's, even though Turner can stretch the floor, he's not like when he's on the court, he has to be in a certain spot to be effective. Like Sabonis can be effective out the ball. Yeah, I think uh, I think Turner is a good offensive player, and I actually think him and Sabonis both end up closing a lot of games. But if I'm talking one offensive possession, which is like what I consider the best offensive lineup situation, yeah, I think uh, I think Turner's on the bench for me too. Mine, and to me, yeah, go ahead. Mine's gonna throw you off big time. I have a broad. Oh, hold on. oh, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, let me one more point that with, that with Sabonis too, you can. You can put the ball in his hands versus Turner. You really can't. You can put somebody at the top you of the key with the ball and make some offense work. Well, I have a guy in mind that will not have the ball in his hands unless you're shooting it. Okay. Mine is uh, – man, you're going to be thrown off. Mine is Oladipo, Brogdon, McDermott, Warren, Sabonis. I knew you put McDermott in there. I had to have McDermott in there, man. I want the shooter. I want the space. It's, it's just offense. I don't need him to play D. I want McDermott on the court. He didn't prove himself to be good enough just like sharp cog corver type shooter. Last year, I don't think. Yeah, you know, 40, 40, uh, 40, over 40% on home, pretty much movement threes is nothing. No big deal. No, but look look at the space. Like, is from 24, 25 feet out. 24, 25 feet out. Just saying. I mean, look, look at those type of three players. Have you watched Kyle Corver? What do you think of LeBron? That's what LeBron is. 25 feet out. Yeah, Corver is not a deep shooter. He's running behind um, LeBron the entire he's time. He's a movement that's what McDermott is too. He's better at it. Obviously, he's the best in the world at it. But yeah, I do not think he's a deep shooter. That is a terrible way to compare these guys. McDermott is a hundred percent in mine, especially in road games. I'm I'm gonna I pull up that. their their distance shots. Hold on. Okay, looking forward to this uh, meaningless stat answer. But um, yeah, I I would rather have McDermott on the wing in mine than anyone else. Um, I I, I kind of struggled with the one two three just because. I feel like Lamb with Brogdon and Depot is a little superfluous of ball handling, especially if you're worn out there. Like you have a lot of guys who can do their own thing, but aren't really going to finish a play. Like on a catch and shoot, they kind of need to, I don't know, they're more initiators than finishers, except for Brogdon. Um, so I, I felt like that was duplicative. So when I wanted Lamb out, I could either have gone point guard and put Aaron in there, which kind of works. Uh, McConnell's definitely not in there. So it was either Aaron, for me, it was either Aaron at the one or Doug McDermott at the three. And I thought it was pretty easy to go with McDermott in that situation. I just don't – I yeah. You were deep me, in the research. No, no. To me, with McDermott, too, it's – you don't have the offensive versatility, too, is also part of it. Right? I it's don't care. Of, I want him to shoot. <laughs> I want him to do one thing. I don't want him to be versatile. Yeah, but I think their best offensive lineup is when you have guys that can do lots of different things to kind of throw off the defense in a way. Because unless you have the ability to screen him open, which if you put some bonus in, you might. That's a fair <laughs> But But you don't have any other guys who can really sort of create for McDermott in a way, I guess. You don't have like the yeah, ball. What are the, what, what teams are throwing out two good screeners. Who's the other screen, good screener, I guess? Well, you're you're the one telling me there needs to be more guys to open them up. Who are the teams that are that are throwing out two good screen creators okay. all the time? 
so to me, it's, I mean, <laughs> it's a bad example because it's the best player in the world, but LeBron is just like, can ha- like the way he ran Corver was LeBron put the ball in his hands. You could set a pick with like Thompson and then you get a pick with LeBron at the top of the key. Now that's, nobody else can do that. LeBron has the ball. Yeah, but he would kind of do the, the handoff screen in a way. You LeBron it. is also a bad example. Yeah, I mean, he is. He's the best yeah, player in the world. Yeah, right. I'll take Warren's bulky body on that one. What do you say? You think Warren? Can- I'll, I'll take Warren's bulky body on a hand on a pitch screen. Okay. I'll take it. I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, the the, the thing is, is guys like McDermott and uh, Corver. I'm trying to think of a good, a good example. Who's another guy who's like that? I mean, Joe Harris, right? Harris. They they fit with lineups that have like fantastic talent because you have you get so distracted by the, that that kind of talent that you lose track of them. Where the Pacers, even with Oladipo healthy don't have that kind of talent where like they get distracted by all the other guys in the quarter are focused on one guy the entire time, the way you need to be to get that kind of guy open. So if they're really focused on McDermott, that's great. Now you got four on four with your uh, Oladipo, Brogdon, Sabonis, and, and TJ Warren. I'm about that too. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'd rather have the versatility. Just me. I don't know what Jeremy Lamb is going to offer me that I would really want in that situation. Unless I'm taking Warren off the floor. No, I think Lamb offers you just the ability to you can have him the ball in his hands and you can run other guys around. I guess, but he so you want who you have spotting up here? Oladipo? That seems like a waste. Well you have Brogdon spotting spot up anyway and, and no matter what the situation. Yeah. To be honest, there's situations where you would think you could kind of do the Steph Curry thing where you try to get Oladipo running around and get the ball shot in the corner. Of course, that'd be awesome. That's the best move to be honest. That's that's the best that's the most efficient shot probably they have, right? If they need one three, I would probably uh, try at first to get it for uh, McDermott, and then I would try to do that with Vic. Yeah, I, I just mean Vic's corner three rate that year, that seventeen eighteen was incredible, and that's probably better than any. I mean, I don't know McDermott's is because McDermott takes more corner three, so obviously he might not be as high. But that small sample size of that it was that's the most efficient shot they had in the court by far every time. And McDermott had forty six percent of them last year. Yeah, no, I mean, Ching. no, I'm not saying I just. To me, I don't know if I – I think I'd rather just have more of guys who can have the, the ball in their hand. That's just me. I want the shooter. Well, with my without Vic, I think that's what mine looks like. It's just like all the best handlers, basically. <laughs> Is it bad without Vic, I should rather have McDermott on the court more. <laughs> yeah, without Victor is different because you're – I mean, you can have Warren be your ISO score. I could live with that. And then maybe you're thinking about putting something else in. But I think Lamb just comes in for Oladipo for me. And you rock out the starting five, except you have McDermott in for Turner. So, to me, the struggles is is, is how good can Sabonis and Turner be offensively, right? Yeah. Right? Because they are the – Last year, it was 1.06 points per possession, which is very bad. Well, right. I mean, last year, Sabonis – I mean, I guess Bellion probably was, but Sabonis was the second or third best offensive player on the team. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was saying when Olipa was out because he's – you know, so you need to go out there, but is where does Turner fall last year? You know, three bogey ahead of him, Sabonis ahead of him, Oladipo ahead of him, and I could hear Collison. I don't know yeah. if I would, I don't know if I'd pull that trigger, but I, I would hear the argument. So, in and now, so in the current roster, are there five guys for sure better offensively than Turner? Um, not Oladipo, I think Oladipo, you make a case, you get there, you get Martin, Lamb. Brogdon, Sabonis, uh, Lamb, and Warren are probably the only four. Right, you can make a case for McDermott. I could, I could maybe. Yeah, exactly. I think it's those two. Yeah, I think, but I think I'd rather have Turner because 
Would you just go starting five? That's not a bad choice. Well, no, I think I'd rather have Turner because of the the around the rim capabilities. I guess the guy. Yeah. Who, I mean, I'm I'm thinking in my mind. I'm thinking the flashy of Turner, where like at times he can like put the ball on the floor and get to the rim. Now that's rare. I mean, it's not like it's like happening. If he did that every time, he'd be he'd be a top ten NBA. He'd be Joel Embiid basically. If you're taking Victor's gravity off the floor, I think I I might actually change mine and put Turner in over McDermott. Just you need someone to be like putting pressure on someone to guard them. Yeah. Well, I think with Lamb and Warren, you get that. I do. I think there's a chance. Oh, yeah. But less so than Victor, of course. Oh, yeah. But like that's because Victor's. Man, that spacing on that five is so bad. So bad. What what five? Brogdon, Lamb, Warren. Brogdon, Lamb. Well, the starting five basically is so bad. (laughs) Is it really that bad, though? Brogdon's like the fake shooter, right, where he hits him. But man, I got to find a better way to, to do something with it. Brogdon's like the fake shooter, right? Where he's like good hit hitting, but he can't really like he doesn't take very many. And Warren and Lamb, Lamb are kind of the same way. Neither, I mean, Warren maybe just a younger Collison, essentially. (laughs) Better better defense because his size. Much better defense and can do other more stuff off the dribble. He's much better player. Um, But yeah, yeah, I'm thinking like Collison and oh, when Collison was 26, that's probably Brogdon was better defense. Yeah, shooting wise, it's similar. yeah, and then Turner, low volume, Sabonis, extremely low volume. So that Warren might be the best shooter of the group off the dribble, which uh, that's something. But I, so. I think with that off that lineup, you're not necessarily not that like facing isn't important, but you're you're really relying on the down low post just being able to Second get the ball. Screens. <laughs> well, no, you're 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 really just trying to get the ball to Sabonis to ISO, and then he needs to to him to pass it out to somebody. Oh God, that's that's offense, they're screwed. What? I don't know. Sabonis on the post ISO is not a terrible play. Uh, Post ups are pretty bad. So I, mean, I don't get run anymore. Yeah, but it's a bonus to run the rim rate is pretty good. Overall. Yeah, it is. It's a good finisher. I like pick and roll and stuff. I don't want him yeah. posting up a lot. Unless yeah, I, I was, I'm into more running game play. I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, Sabonis' post play is probably more one of the more efficient post plays too in the entire league. Yeah. I mean, he's just got a nice touch and everything like that. If they can find some cool cuts and screen actions away from him when he's posting up, that's awesome. But ISOing him, uh, I'm not into that. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm more into it because I just I, – I see in my mind the, the Sabonis backhand, backing down a guy with his left hand, spinning and just dunking it like I've seen him do it feels like a million times. I want to ha- pull up the numbers, but it would take me too long to run post-ups specifically. Uh, yeah, it'll take too long. Whatever. Can't you do points in the paint? I guess that wouldn't be post-ups specifically. That would be just- no, they have post-ups as a play type on NBA's play type data. Yeah. Um, but I'll look it up after. And I'll quote tweet the podcast with it tomorrow. Let's do offensive or defensive lineups. Okay. Okay, this one with Victor is much easier, at least – in, uh, I think there's four guys that I was like, for sure, get him in. Okay. Uh, and it only made one spot hard. I okay. hope that you had the same easy time. Okay. Give me your Turner four. in. Sabon- Sabonis, I don't have in. Uh, my four was the hardest spot. I'll get to that last. My three is Brogdon. My two is Oladipo. And my one is TJ McConnell. And the four that I have named to you are the locks of the group. Really? You have McConnell in there. McConnell, I think he's the best defensive one that they have. Now that if the other team has a giant person in at the one, because this is a one possession situation, then yeah, maybe you have uh, 
Jer- Jeremy Lamb in there instead. I could hear that. The size is nice. But the four I really struggled with. And I, I th- oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, actually, Justin Holiday would be my one uh, if McConnell was not suitable because of size issues. Um, I think my four was the hardest spot for me specifically because Leaf did some decent stuff on the ball defensively. I know his defense is still really bad, but, like, come on, he can contest some shots. But it's not him. It's definitely not him. I don't want to go with Sabonis because I don't think he's particularly good there. So with McConnell at the one, my options were Justin Holiday or the drum roll is that the surprise answer I thought of was Goga. Uh, and I actually think that Goga is a part of the best five on defense. I don't think so. I, I think we don't know what he is yet. <laughs> I agree. I, mean, I think if you watch his European highlights, for sure, yeah, he's a great – But like, yeah, I, I have a bunch of clips saved up for an article about him, of uh, him guarding the perimeter. They are They're fun. Yeah, I, I just think we don't know how that for sure that could be a disaster, <laughs> and Holiday could absolutely be the choice there. And I understand that, but well, and we don't know how good the competition is. We really don't. I mean, it, it, that's true. Well, we do, but well, isn't it? Wasn't he playing in the Adriatic League? Uh, he did some Adriatic League and some Euro Cup. Okay, and I, Euro I, Cup is the best one, and Adriatic League is. Eh. Yeah, but do we even? I mean, that's probably is that better than college? I guess. Oh my God, way better. But does it produce more pros than in college? No, that's not the bar, is it? No, I'm just just playing devil's <laughs> advocate. Here. I'm, I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate in a way. I mean, I just, how many players in that league are NBA level or caliber players? I guess that's. I don't know the answer to that question. There are, yeah. I mean, I, I think college is different because they play less games and it's they're all scrambled and it's a whole different system. So, like, yeah, it's probably better than college. But I'm just saying, I'm not yeah, sure it translates well to the league. Just him being, you know, I think. Luca's example is different because Luca was like the superior player in the number two league, like just by far. So that's why he that's but like Goga wasn't the superior player last year in that league, I guess. He was probably the best young player in Eurocup. Yeah, but like Luca was the superior player of all players. Oh yeah, duh. He was like the best pro, like top five prospect since two thousand. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean I, I, like, I don't know how it translates. That's why I just don't. I don't I, I would not ever, 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 ever compare those two in that way. No, I know. I just don't know how being the best young player in the Adriatic Euro League, whatever, is. Uh, the the people who won that award, it's pretty much been all NBA. It's been all NBA players except for one guy since like two thousand and seven, two thousand eight. So he won the what award did he win? Is it? Uh, Euro Cup Rising Stars, I believe what it's called, Euro League Rising Star. I don't. I'm a, I don't know who's won that. I know. I know Luca won it last year. Rubio won it for sure. Abrinas. I don't have the whole list in front of me. I'm just remembering a few. Guess uh, who's Luke. pulling it up right now? Okay. Oh, guess who it was twice? Uh, so no, hold on. Don't, don't look it up yet. I've looked at this list before and I can't even remember. Oh, but it's your favorite guy. Abrinas, my man. Oh, your favorite Oh, Rudy. Guy. Rudy G. No, your favorite guy. Bojan? What? Yeah, Bojan. No, Bogdan. Sorry. Bogdan won it twice. But it was I was going to say, Bojan never won this. Bogdan. <laughs> yeah. So Luca's won it twice. Goga, Abrina's before him, Miritich twice, and Rubio, and Gallo in 2008, Rudy Fernandez. That's a throwback. Barniani. So again, this translates. I mean, yeah, everyone not. except for Abrinas since 2010 is like a good NBA player. I know, but how many of these guys, is any of these guys listen all NBA player ever? Was Gallinari? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now we're running really far. Uh, no, no, I'm just, just, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to understand this a little. Why are we uh, talking all NBA? No, I'm saying is anyone that's listening all NBA player because that's the kind of even and I mean Luca might be someday you can uh, for sure. Uh, no. Or all NBA any players all defense ever? 
no, probably not. Okay, I mean, I mean, might have made it before. See, and I'd say I don't know how it translates. I think I think he's going to be a good player. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't I don't think I just don't know how it translates one in year one to a guy, and you know that's why. I would put him in defensive lineup as all. That's the only yes, reason. I mean, because I, the correlation between all NBA and contributing year one is uh, very there. No, but like we don't know how that translates into him being even like a you know how long did it take most of these guys to become good players? I mean, Luca was good year one. Rubio was good year one. Miritich was good pretty quick. So here, there was a Miritich. Adon was good pretty quick. Miritich, but most of these guys are also. I, I thought Luca were like in their little, stash. Well, yeah, they were all twenty-two to twenty-four. Three, four, right? yeah, yeah, Luca killed it last year and paved a weird path. But he was a yeah. such, uh, but Luca's like a generational talent. I mean, Luca. Yeah, he's ins- he was insane. Luca's like saying that because Zion Williams with the Duke, the next guy that goes to Duke is going to be great. comparison there, to my opinion. I would never go that far. Why can't I find Ricky Rubio's basketball reference page? It is just buried for some reason. Rubio didn't come around for like four more years, right? Did I want to know what age you. No, he got he was first round. He came as a rookie. No, he didn't come. No, he didn't come right away. He stayed in Barcelona until 2011. He came in as a 21 year old in 2012, and he was drafted. And no, he says, not. "Okay, he stayed for one year. He got drafted. No, nine. I thought he stayed for two. I could. No. I thought he stayed for two. I thought he was like really didn't want to play for the Timberwolves. <laughs> yeah, he came at 21. He was a stud when he was a kid too. Anywho, this is completely unrelated. I think Goga might be the best defensive four option they yeah. have. I understand that it could be just Here, Holiday, though. Here's what. Here's what I say. You might be right. I just don't know what to. I don't. I don't. I want to see him play no, basketball. That's fine. That's fine. The question mark is there. I said Justin Holiday first, and then Ryan Eggers and I were talking about it, and he yelled "Goga" at me. Yeah, he didn't yell it, but and I thought, wow, that's actually a pretty good answer. I didn't consider that. So I have. Yeah, you better than with him. Who's yours? We haven't even done yours yet. Yeah, you've been too busy yelling about your list. <laughs> whoa, whoa! We're the one who derailed the Goga. I have four of your five. So who is Brogdon, Oladipo, Holiday, and Turner? And then okay. I warrant, warrant at the four. I think small is the best way they may put. Okay. To me, yeah, to me a terrible defender, but the four options are all terrible. Yeah, I mean, there's not a good option, and I yeah. and, and I, I I believe in them being able to mold Warren into a good defender. That's I, I really I believe right. in that. Would be a humongous development. I mean, enormous. I know, but their Pacers are good at developing defenders. Yeah. They are. Yeah, yeah. for to, sure. To me. The kind of best one you can make a chance where you put Lamb in for Holiday, and that's really your best lineup because I put that in my offense at one point too. But that's a bonus in. But like that's that's like your best lineup, maybe just in general. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to come up with that. We should do that next week. Yeah, best, like clutch lineup. That'd be fun. I know. Yeah, if we're trying to work together, then we're talking something like that. If one was like two twenty five, two thirty. How big is he? Two ten. Two fifteen. Yeah, he's tiny for six eight. Yeah, he's a, he's a thin dude, but so you is know. That. Hey, but, that's Kevin why Durant, Kevin Durant was a thin dude. Yeah, yes, he is. That's the problem with Justin Holiday, the four, which I, uh, his perimeter is great, but he is 180. That's crazy small. So I was putting Warren at the four, obviously. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. Yeah, I, I put Holiday at the one if McConnell, if the guy's too big for McConnell. So understood. Yeah, to me, Holiday, Brian Depot are all seamlessly can move between. Yeah, they fit very well together. To me, that's just like uh, who wants to guard who right now? Is Brogdon the best defender of the. But right. then, you know, that's that's just so no, no Vic is hard. No, no Vic no. is hard because now I, you have Holiday, War- Holiday Brogdon as your wings and Turner, and that's your only three that I can say. Yep, okay, you're in. Um, I think you do Brogdon, Holiday, Warren's a bonus. Now, I still have Goga available, 
I think you have I to me nobody go guy in. <laughs> rookies suck. They always suck and they need you have rookies to, do always suck. I always say that too. Yeah. So I mean I just I'm not believing you one possession man, give give me the big tall dude who can defend the perimeter. You'll probably foul the guy on the perimeter, knowing they'll foul the guy. They all pump fake foul him. It's what rookies do. They just make mistakes. Well, yeah, yeah. He played against pros, but yeah. Yes, but just I mean, remember NBA is a different. Going to be bad yeah, I understand. I believe in his. Uh, I believe in him in this defensive exercise. That's that's. I mean, like I said, you. Like I said, you might be right I about Gilbert, but I'm skeptical of a rookie contributing to any lineup. I think it might be Lamb at the one. Lamb Brogdon Holiday, Goga Turner for me. Yeah, you, I could see you replacing Lamb with Warren with Lamb. I just, like I said, I believe in Warren being able to become a decent defender with the Pacers. One of them's gonna have to for the first thirty games of the year. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, I think a big part of Warren's terrible defense. If there's a tiny point guard for the team, I think McConnell's a fine choice because he's he tries really hard. He's like Corey, he's Corey Joseph syndrome, man. He's good enough. Yeah, he's uh, really short, really, really short. He's really short. That's the problem. But I he mean, can do it. He tries really taller than me, and I'm I'm like five seven. But if the guy, if the point guard for the other team's like, or if, or if they don't go point guard because this is the one possessing situation, then then he's useless, <laughs> basically. Yeah. I'd, like I said, I just believe in Warren being able to develop decent defender. I think part of his bad defense must be that he played for the worst team in the last three years in the league. You mean they've developed uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden to such good defenders? <laughs> That's not fair. Aiden's only played one year. I just wanted to be a jerk. Um, I'm just, let me just read you how many games the Phoenix Suns have won over the, since Warren. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just warm up real quick. <laughs> Hold on, I'm probably rating like rank by year in that span. <laughs> Is that possible? I don't know. Let's see. So, the, so Warren's been in the league what four years, five years? Yeah, since 2014-15. It's been five years. The Suns in those five years have 39, 23, 24, 21, and 19. Only one time have they won more than 24 games. That is horrible. And that was Warren's rookie year where he played 40 games. So, all right, let's do this. Is his defense bad or is he just? All right, his rookie year, the Suns were 19th in defensive rating. That's all right. That's not bottom 10 quite. You just avoided it. His second season, they were 24th. (laughs) Falling the wrong way a little bit, but you know what? It's okay. His fault. I mean, the team was just terrible. (laughs) His third season, they were uh, 28th. (laughs) The worst team in the league the past three seasons. Man, they just keep falling here. His fourth season, they were dead last. That was uh, 2017, 18, and uh, last season they were 29th. So <laughs> not a not a good defensive team over there that he was playing for. Yeah. So is that him not being a defender? Just a culture of nobody plays defense. Oh, Dan Burke. If Dan Burke can take do it, if Dan Burke took Boyan from like the one of the worst five defenders in the league to just a below average defender, so maybe Warren can become a below average defender. Yeah. No, I mean I, I think he took GR three from a guy in college who we weren't sure he even playing the league to. Uh, if he had stayed healthy, a capable enough, yeah, above average defender. I mean, he might, uh, he might be the best starting. He might be the best three the Warriors have right now. That, oh, that's right. He's not with the Warriors. I keep forgetting that. He might be their best small forward. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know the roster inside out yet. Yeah, it's confusing. What is their over under? What is their over under? Is it like forty six, forty seven? Right about the Pacers number. Hang on, let me pull it up. I had to. Qu- I quote tweeted uh, Jeff Sherman. I have to pull up my own Twitter every time I look at it. GSW forty eight and a half, sir. Oh, I'm on a I'm on Odd Shark. They had forty seven and a half. Forty eight point five are the Warriors. Okay. Oh, just so we know, Odd Shark has the Pacers at forty eight and a half. 
a different some other random stuff. yeah but Nevada had him up there too um so, but i like the vegas odds to do this i think they're my favorite to make this happen okay. i'm trying to think about any ones that just jumped out as me as like whoa like detroit always seems low to me when i look at these i, I feel like there's some hedging on a blake trade in some of those they're 37 and a half i don't know i feel like they could be better than that i don't know why though um i'm gonna make my, uh, my, my bold bet of you ready you ready yeah, yeah. I will bet the Cavs go under their win total, which is like 24 and a half on the side of the well, already love They're going to be so bad again. <laughs> Did you see Kevin Love what he said? He said he was not going to play in U.S. basketball because he needs to rest up for the Cavs championship chances. Yeah, he's funny. Kevin Love's having a great summer. Well, he uh, got paid a lot of money over the, the past. Cavs, the past. Cavs are basically going to replace a guard last year who was like a competent NBA player. In either J.R. Smith or Clarkson or whoever the hell is does not play anymore for a rookie point guard who's always terrible. So yeah, they're going to be horrible. <laughs> um, let it be known, Kevin Love has now extracted almost well by the time he's done a two hundred twenty million dollars from the Cavs. So he is having fun. Good for him, man. He won that. He was an integral part of a championship team. I'm happy for him. And he got paid for all for all the shit he took for all those years. <laughs> yeah, good for you, Kevin Love. I'm pumped for him. A lot of money. He's, he's touring the world right now. I love it. Yeah. I love it. All right, that was fun. I like the lineups are hard because yeah. they have a lot of versatile guys, but they have a big hole at the four. Oh yeah, I mean that's but that's unless Sabonis one it be, it's just fantastic at it, or Warren is developed into a, just an awesome perimeter defender. Yeah, they're they're screwed there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean they're screwed. They're really in both. I guess offensively they're probably not, but defensively they for sure are. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, yeah, I don't have any additions to that. The hope is that the Brogdon Oladipo, when they're healthy, can carry them with Turner's rim protection. That's like enough. Because that is more positive defense. It's the same amount of positive defenders they had last year in the best lineup at times, right? I mean, if you're talking yep. about the Darren Collison, Bojan, Oladipo, Thaddeus Turner, that's three plus defenders. Bojan, probably below average, and Collison, crap. So, right. same kind of way, right? I mean, if yeah. 35 is Brogdon, Warren, Oladipo, Turner, Sabonis, you've got three awesome defenders, Sabonis, probably below average, and Warren, crap. Yeah. So. Yeah, very true. All right, that was fun. That was fun. That was a good way to round out August. Or, uh, August. Holy crap. Yeah, you want uh, people to know about the mailbag we're going to do? Yes, it's time for those viewers still around. If you're not, I'll tweet it anyway. So awards for those who didn't listen this far. We're doing a mailbag, and we're going to make it last for quite a bit of August. So ask a lot of questions um, about the Pacers or anything, really. We're here for, we're here for you if you need life advice. Let it be known, I'm recording this podcast, and my girlfriend, Marina, wants to ask a question at some point, so I'm sure she'll listen to me. But he will <laughs> you just do it now right now. might be doing it right now, to be honest. She might be doing it right now. Tony, I'm tweeting at you right now. Okay. Well, yeah, this is how you do it. This is how you ask questions. You do what Adam is currently doing. You tweet at me, at TEASTNBA, or the podcast, at Lockdown Pacers, and I screenshot them, and we talk about them. It's very fun. Yes, if you want your question to be anonymous, you can DM me at Madam 5 or Tony or the podcast. We'll also screenshot those. Yes. But really, Although, I mean, tweeting us is the easiest way. We see all our... Ooh, uh, DMing anonymous questions would be interesting. Yeah, I guess if you want to... I want to DM you, like, like, give me the dish on Adam, like the dirt, you know? What? Who? I don't have any dirt. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an open book. My entire life is unfortunately an open book. <laughs> you got anything else today? Uh, No. I, I think we're... uh. Trying to make the best of this podcast while we hit the low months, um, but we will be training ourselves for our what we return in October for you know five day a week. Hey, 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 we're not going anywhere. We're not we're going just- anywhere, but our five day a week will return. I know it's when you open the podcast, you went like 
And we talk about the Pacers. We usually say five days a week. We're not doing. I that usually right say five days a week, but we're not doing that. So I have discluded that. Yes, yeah, so we'll probably go back to that training camp time. So next two months, if you have something you want to talk about, just let us know. Yes. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Pacers, and we will see you next week.